1: course we're at the quarter final stage now of the FIFA World Cup over there in Qatar and England is still in there so we talk to people in England and I'm very privileged today to have the Daily Mail's Dan Ripley join the show. Um, Good morning, afternoon, I don't know what the time is there mate but uh, welcome and great to have you on the show today.
0: (laughs) Uh, Thanks for having me. um, It's nine in the (laughs) evening so yeah, we're just about to get off to bed over here. All
1: right, but something you guys love doing is talking football. So I'm going to start with your game, the France against England. What a quarterfinal. Uh, France looking to go back-to-back. Back. There are a lot of people tipped to go all the way, but is there enough specialness in this England side to deny them?
0: I think there's definitely enough quality in the England side to deny them. It's with England. I think the problem has been over recent years and recent tournaments, the belief, I've never really thought an England side could believe they could win tournaments by beating teams such as France. And I'm not certain if it's still there because they really haven't played anyone in all due respect to England. But looking at the French team, I don't think there's too much to fear for England. That's not to say they're going to win, but England got some good players as well, and I think they could. I think they could cause France a few problems, especially even Mbappe. Yeah,
1: I was going to say, like England to me, from the outside, looked like a team that plan their opposition well. So they'll have plans for Mbappe. How do you think they will neutralise or try and counter him?
0: Counter Mbappe? Well, they'll they'll look the. the the focus has been recently on using Kyle Walker um, and trying to use his pace against Mbappe's pace. And that will be an interesting battle to see how that plans out because Kyle Walker has been in, was injured coming into the World Cup. So has he lost the yard of pace? I don't know. But it seems to be that's going to be the area where England think they can stop France. I think if they can't stop Mbappe, they're going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah, as, as other teams have found out. Um, let's go to Croatia against Brazil. Now, Brazil have been favourites for the World Cup from the get-go. Um, the flamboyant side, the historical side, the amazing playing strip, it just reeks football to me. But Croatia, I mean, they've got a strong midfield, but a strong midfield probably won't be enough to topple Brazil.
0: I probably, probably agree with you there. It's with Brazil, it's probably one of the most exciting Brazil teams I can remember seeing for nearly two decades now since the team of Ronaldo, Ronaldinho in the mid 2000s was probably the last time I got excited by Brazil. I just think they're a little bit suspect at the back though. And right. I think Croatia can use their experience to to probe and find a few gaps which other teams haven't done, then they can cause Brazil a few issues. They've still got Luka Modric, of course, who may be getting beyond his years now, but he's definitely capable of unlocking that Brazil defence. My concern with Croatia is how playing that near two-hour game and the penalty shootout is going to affect them against the Brazil side. who only need to play 45 minutes to beat South Korea, mm,
1: that's a really good point, actually, because they're not—they're not huge turnarounds in the World Cup, are they? And I know football players are used to playing two, sometimes three teams uh, or three games a week, but the intensity of the World Cup—you're right—that that could gas Croatia, couldn't
0: it? It could, and especially with players like Modric, unfortunately, because of because of how old he is now—he's into his thirties. It's going to affect the older players more. And Croatia have got to be quite savvy to get their way through this game. They can't just press Brazil from the off. They're going to probably have to let them have the ball, yet at the same time, don't give them the freedom to attack. It, it will be a case of trying to keep pressure on the defence. So I'm not too keen on for Croatia. So we'll see how they get on. i but
1: I, I can just see Brazil edging that one. Yeah. Um, Portugal, Morocco. Now, Portugal, whenever you mention them, it's Ronaldo. And, and the noise around Cristiano Ronaldo, will that, could that affect the Portuguese? Because everyone else in the squad, if I was in the squad and all this noise about Cristiano Ronaldo, it would pee me off, Dan. It would pee me off. Do, do you think it could have an
0: effect? We didn't in the last game, did it? <laughs> uh, I would agree with you in general. Uh, constant Ronaldo this, Ronaldo that coming into the tournament and the London squad. You just want, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I just want the sort of focus on the team and what the team is doing and go from there. But it seems that's what they did in the last match. Now he's out the team. They're just playing together more. It'll be interesting to see how they'll fare. I say in this game, because I don't think Morocco are going to be their toughest game of this tournament. I think they're going to win this quite easily. But if they come up against a better side, it's it's a difficult one. What I think they will benefit from is having someone like Ronaldo on the bench still. Maybe you can't do it for 90 minutes, but the quality's still there with Ronaldo. Mm. Even... If you factor in how much um, he's disrupting the squad, if you need a goal with ten minutes to go, and you've got someone like Ronaldo on your bench, it's it's a very it's a very handy um, it's a very handy player to have. I feel. Yeah, so I think Portugal proving the last game that they can deal with it. It's just whether they can keep it going, and obviously the young lad Ramos has proving his worth and we'll see how he gets on as well.
1: Do, do you foresee, depending how long Portugal go, can you see Ronaldo getting a start again or do you think he's destined to be that impact player off the bench, the threat off the bench?
0: You can't, I don't think you can recall him now. Now that Ramos, if Ramos didn't perform in the, um, in the last match to get the guy, it would have been debatable as in you could have had are they better with or without Ronaldo but as soon as the replacement comes in and scores a hat-trick and plays incredibly you can't drop him for the Morocco game I don't think you can only give him one game if he plays poorly in that and then drop him again I think you've got to stick with Ramos now and I think we're probably seeing the end of Ronaldo maybe not for Portugal because he's probably going to get those five more caps, I think it is, to get to 200, I think he needs. They'll give him those. Mm. But we are seeing the beginning of the end of him in the first team. I'm pretty sure of that. Mm.
1: The end comes for everyone at some stage, doesn't it? Uh, Net-
0: Unfortunately so, yes. yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Netherlands, Argentina, another footballer who's probably in his last World Cup, Lionel Messi. Uh, taking on a Netherlands side who've never won the World Cup, uh, albeit they've been in three finals, they've managed to lose them all. Um, this is going to be as hard as a final for the Dutch,
0: isn't it? I'm just thinking about this now. It, it's going be. I think it's gonna, going to be the tide around this one. I'm really looking forward to this. And that's off the back of their last two World Cup games being nil-nil against each other. So, uh, um, I just think with Holland or the Netherlands, however you want to call them, it's they used to have, whenever we've seen them in finals, the ones you've mentioned, they've always had good players and excellent players to get them there. And people like Van Persie, Cruyff, they're the people that have got to the finals and been headline acts before, but now they're more—they're more of a team now under Louis Van Gaal, and they're more defensive than they used to be as well. I don't think you can really compare them with the Holland teams of the past, and with Argentina, I don't think Messi is as good as he used to be either. He's still well classed, but he's no longer the play he was three or four years ago. You touched on it yourself—the age factor coming in. Mm. So it's going to be a close game. Um, I would probably edge with Argentina on this one. But it's going to be a fascinating watch seeing how these sides play out against each other.
1: It really is. Um, How how many of the four, uh, and I won't even make you name them, but um, extra time and penalties are really going to start to come into the fore with so much on the line being sudden death. Etc. Could could you see a couple of the four going extra time and maybe even penalties?
0: Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to say England with this one. That yeah. could go to penalties, and I think we all know how they end. So. <laughs> um although in fairness to England they have got better than in recent years I think I can remember a couple of shootout victories, obviously the last World Cup against Colombia they beat Switzerland in the Nations League match as well, I know that's a minor tournament but they all count for us, I can tell you that and I would say that's got a good chance against penalties I can see that being a cagey affair England-France I think Croatia and Brazil, as I said, I think Brazil will see out Croatia, and I think Portugal will beat Morocco. I can see Holland and Argentina going all the way as well, though. And as far as penalties go, I couldn't even call that. It's, that really is a lottery. I've got. There's no. I don't think there's no way you can really look at the teams and pick a winner based on any form of stats or anything like that for a penalty shootout. Mm.
1: It's fascinating, isn't it? It really is fascinating. Like, I don't think anyone would have picked eight out of eight to have made the quarters that that we see with certain high-profile teams, not even making it out of their groups. Um, how's the World Cup being received over there in the UK? I, I guess it's always going to be good because England are, are still there. But is it capturing? Is it capturing the imagination of football and sports fans in general?
0: It's an excellent question. That um, I think. I can only really speak for myself here. In and in some respects, I think the football's been really good, and I think a lot of people have agreed with that. There's a lot of talk that the quality's been really good at this tournament, which I would agree with. It's been a weird feeling, though, with the and I'm, I guess you'd have your equivalent over there as well. That having it a week, the final a week before Christmas, it's just. A, a lot of people who would normally get into the atmosphere of a tournament during our summer Mm. are are kind of more focused on Christmas now. And you're not seeing the same, the bunting, for instance, or the same hype out and about as you usually would, like the flags flying from cars. There is a different atmosphere to it. I think England doing well always does well in general. But I think as there's, you've got that element to it, you've got the Christmas element to it, and the Qatar element to it as well. The human rights abuses have dominated a lot of our coverage mm. in the build-up to the tournament, and at least the very start. It's been a unique World Cup to cover. I can I can tell you that now.
1: Yeah, it sure has, and yeah, I I concur with everything you're saying. There's there's always been that. The byline story says, it? It's just not all about the football. It's the price of beer. It's the it's the slave labour. It's the human rights yes. issues uh, us being spoken about as much as the ninety minutes on the pitch."
0: Yeah, it, it, it it's it's part of the punditry as well. It's a, a lot of people. It's a I'd say it's a fifty fifty divide from what I've seen. It's obviously that this, this is one person, so you can't really take this for granted, but there's 50% of the people that are happy that these issues are being addressed on air as part of the punditry and the coverage of the tournament. But then you've got other people as well saying they're fed up of all the talk of this and they just want to watch the football. So I've, I've never seen a tournament divided like that before. Mm. But these things have to be covered, um And some people are going to be annoyed and some people aren't. And I think that's just the nature of the way the finals have been handed out to Qatar and all the fallout from it and the constant um, negative coverage that they've had since they've been awarded the tournament. This has been going on since 2010 now. I mean, we've we've been covering the scandals involving Qatar at the Daily Mail and the Mail Online for years now over a decade as I say since it's been awarded so it, it's been a tough one I think as I say it's difficult factoring in all these elements to really trying to sum up how the tournament's gone but it's certainly been unique and that's about the best way I can describe it
1: Yeah, and at least the football's been of high quality and and I agree with you on that. We've been talking to the Daily Mail's uh, Dan Ripley. Really appreciate you at a late hour, Dan, to join us and speak to New Zealand. Uh, We're looking forward to the quarters uh, and I sincerely mean it when I say I hope England get over the top of France because it always just seems to add a little bit of spice for us Kiwis down here for England can remain. Uh, Penalties, uh, heart and mouth stuff. Let's hope they can get it done before that, Dan. Uh, Really appreciate chatting to you today.
0: Excellent. Thanks for having me on the show.